Hey, Green Future Growers! Welcome to Season 3. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes for free or follow on your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Join the amazing Patty Armbruster and I Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific for Grow Live on YouTube. Patty Armbruster is going to ask your questions. You can submit them ahead of time and we'll be prepared with the answers. Uh, what do you want to know? We're starting out talking about selecting seeds, but she's going to answer everything from how to process local meats to you know, what pests are good or, you know, what plants are good to bring in beneficial insects into your garden. Just, we all know Patty knows so much about everything. I'll be asking the questions. She'll be answering them. We're going to be doing this on YouTube live Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 10 Central, 11 Eastern, Saturday mornings on YouTube Grow Live with Patty and Jackie. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden Podcast. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2021, and I have an awesome guest on the line. And it's so funny because I was on Amazon the other day, and I'm like, ooh, what's that book? Raise Gardening for Beginners. Raise Bed Gardening for Beginners. I should reach out to them. And I already had, no wonder Amazon's recommending the book. And here to talk to us today is Tammy Wiley. She's going to talk about raised bed gardening, greenhouses. She has a, a website, Advanced Greenhouses. I know it's been a big question. Patty Armbruster and I just did a Grow Live um, answer your questions about uh, just a 20 minute last Saturday that I still haven't posted. So you'll be hearing that soon. But today is Tammy Wiley. So welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you, Jackie. I'm happy to be here. Where where are you? Well, go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I've been a lifelong gardener. I started gardening it, too, with my dad. In fact, there's a picture of my dad and I in the garden in my book, The Race Bed Gardening for Beginners. Um, I blog at Grow Your Own Food Anywhere. I wrote that book, and I also wrote a Kindle book, Installing Polycarbonate Sheets Like a Pro. And my husband and I started AdvancedGreenhouses.com in 2002, and we've been online ever since then. Well, I usually start out asking about your very first gardening experience, so it sounds like you were a very little kid with your dad. What did you guys grow? What do you remember? Like, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in the north, and I probably at that age was mostly a helper, helping to plant and helping to harvest, I'm sure. I, I didn't do much of the actual work myself, but whatever I could. And then once I got my own home, my first home, I borrowed a front-tine rototiller, which just about killed me from my grandmother's friend, and I dug my own garden. And uh, my maternal grandmother was also an avid gardener as well as my father. So I had had it in my genes. And my it was just a typical garden that I planted a whole lot of corn in. So. And where was that at? Are you in the south now? I'm in the south north? now, but I was, I was, yeah, I was born in the north. And I lived there until I was in my 20s, and then I've been in the South ever since then. So I kind of had to learn how to regarden when I moved. <laughs> so 
tell us about something that grew well this year. What did you grow in your garden this year? How big is your place? We have four rows that are, we do raised brick gardening. We have four rows that are 60 feet long and four foot wide. Wow, 60 and, feet long row. Yeah. <laughs> and this year we uh, grew yard-long red noodle beans for the first time. And they are very prolific. We had four TPs that we made out of um, sticks that we went out in the woods and collected. And we had way more beans than we needed. <laughs> so. Wow. Red. So they're like green, like long string beans, but they're red. They're like, they're like a, they're a foot long and they're red. Um, they're used a lot in um, oriental cooking. We do a lot of stir fries with them and things. You, you cut them into lengths like you would a normal green bean and um, cook them that way. But they grow a foot long, yeah, the actual bean. That's cool because then you're getting, like, when you're harvesting, you're getting more food from your harvest all at once, grabbing your Oh, yeah, and it didn't take hardly any room. Yeah, excuse me. And then teepees. Who doesn't love teepees? We don't. My husband used to grow teepees, but then he said he used to get frustrated because they always froze right when he was about to harvest. It was too heartbreaking. So sometimes I'll build one. <laughs> when we had little grandkids, he used to build them more, but now they're like in high school. So anyway, yeah. tell us something you're excited to try. Is there something you're going to try this season coming up that you haven't done before? Um, I'm not really growing anything new this year. I kind of stuck with my old standards, but I am planning an extra doubling up on my snow peas because I love snow peas and I never seem to get enough to put up. We eat all of them fresh that we can get. So, Right? Isn't that hard? My husband grew peas for us to freeze last year and it was so awesome, although we were out. We just ran out, I think, right about Christmas time. But we eat peas probably twice a week. I love peas. Now, he grew the ones that you shell as compared to... Yeah. The, we always grow the sugar snaps. They come on about July 4th. Usually my stepdaughter comes up with our other grandkids and they can usually pick them. We didn't get very much of them. But I was surprised, one, at how many peas he grew. Um and how easy it was to shell them and put them up. I thought it was going to be more of a, I, I, I thought they were way easier than green beans. He usually snaps the green beans and puts them and cans them. But I shelled yeah. the peas. And it was just heavenly to sit down in the garden at the end of the day after working on my computer and shell a bowl of peas. It was not like a chore at all. So we're going to do some of that too. Well, yeah. Well, on. I grow the peas that have the edible pods, so I I like those to do just to stir fry with. So I think they're great. Yeah, I like those too. I like those just for eating, like on salads raw. But I like yeah. uh, shelled peas. I don't know. Anyway, uh, my listeners want to hear about your garden. Tell us how about something that didn't work the way you thought it was going to. Just something not go the way you thought it would. We tried seedless watermelons for the very first time last year, believe it or not. And I really was not very happy with the results we got from those. We got 
it seemed like it took forever. You have to plant a pollinator as well as your um, regular plant. And it seemed like we had to replant the pollinator several times before it grew. And then the melons were odd. We got some odd shaped and some really small ones. And I did some reading and I guess that's standard for those seedless watermelons. So this year we're going back and we're just going to have to deal with the seeds when we're eating the watermelon. We're going back to regular old watermelons. So. Hmm. That's interesting. I like the ones with the seeds in them anyway. I know they're kind of hard yeah. to spit. I, it's funny because I'm always complaining about fruit. I'm like, fruit is so messy. I hate eating fruit because it's always so messy. It drips down your chin and you always either have to like process it ahead of time. It doesn't seem to matter what I do. Like I whine about eating fruit. I'm a big vegetable eater, but I'm, there you go. I'm getting there. Uh, the biggest influence for me has been, I had this guest on Jen Trepic from this podcast called Salad with a Side of Fries, and her motto is, um, fiber and protein at every meal makes losing fat no big deal. And so I've been like, re- it's taken me like a year to reframe my mind that fiber is not a bran muffin or cereal, but an orange or a piece of fruit or some good leafy greens or like a lot of the foods that I do eat is more of a snack. She's always big on an apple with like some peanut butter or some almond butter. So it's kind of been learning that. So I've been eating, trying to eat more fruit that way. Anyway, again, my listeners want to hear from you. So we're already at getting to the root of things, which is funny because we took so long to get started. But anyway, um, Timmy, do you have a least favorite activity to do in the garden? Like something you got to kind of force yourself to get out there and do? <laughs> Weeding? Doesn't everybody? <laughs> yeah, I don't like to get out there and weed. And on the flip side, With what's the... your favorite activity? Well, I would say I have two favorite activities. I love planning. I love the thought of getting a seedling started and just starting the whole process. And, of course, at the end, I love the harvest. Who doesn't love that? Me. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like the harvest? You don't uh, like to go in and eat your fruit fresh off the vine? (laughs) Well, I call myself the organic eater. I like to eat it. I just... I'm not always the Don't best like to fan of having to go pick <laughs> it, and oftentimes, like, I make dinner, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I was going to go grab those radishes, and then I'm putting dinner on the table, so then I don't grab them, and I don't know, <laughs> I'm not always, and like I said, I hate, like, having to go down and pick the green bean, which I don't really do. My husband does 90% of the work, like, to me, that is hard I, you know, do I like to go down to my little garden beds? Like we have like the garden and then we have what I call the mini farm, the mini farm. I don't mind like sitting on the side of my deep bed and weeding and pulling a few weeds here and there, or like harvesting a little, uh, like a couple of baskets of lettuce in one day. But like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of harvesting. I don't know. I yeah, I love I love the food. I love eating the food. I like cooking the food. Um, yeah, but no, I'm not the biggest fan of harvesting. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I wanted to go back to a little bit because I do get a lot of questions about raised 
beds. And, like, I am super mm-hmm. curious about these beds that are 60 feet long. Like, do you, do you make them out of, what are you making them out of? Well, our garden is, um, our garden beds are made from concrete blocks. And the first year we did the concrete block, we only did one row, and we increased that to two rows and put a cap on it so we can sit there and and harvest and play in the dirt and all that. So um, that's what the rows are. And then we have um, drip irrigation down, and then we use plastic garden mulch over the drip irrigation, which helps to cut down a whole lot on the weeds. And I also find that it it actually is made my gardening more organic after I started using the uh, mulch. We don't have hardly any pests. We get rarely do we get any diseases. And I think that the um, drip irrigation on a timer, the the actual watering on a schedule, I think that's a very important part of it. And I think the fact that that mulch retains the moisture in there um, also helps, you know, uh, to keep it a healthier plant. And when you're watering, you don't have to worry about splashing on your leaves um, because the water's all underneath the, the mulch. So your leaves stay dry, which is, you know, can cause a lot of disease if you get your leaves wet when you're, when you are watering. So, um, but that's the way we do it. And we have ground cover down in our rows so we can just walk through our rows and, um, not have to worry about getting all muddy and everything like that. So, and then of course we have it fenced off to keep out the rabbits <laughs> and the deer. Cool. Well, it does sound like you have a good setup there. Uh, Timmy, what's the best gardening advice you've ever received? <laughs> well, it's actually when I moved the first garden we put in when we moved from the north to the south. Our neighbor came over and he watched us build our first garden. We were brand new to the neighborhood and he waited until we were all done and he came over the day after it poured down rain and drowned out everything and asked us when we were going to make our rows. In the north, when you make your row, the way I learned it is you put a stake at each end of where you're going to have your row and you put a string between it. And you use that as your guide, and that's what we always called rows. He was referring to a mounded up pile of dirt to make a row. Um, the water doesn't drain out as much. We were in South Louisiana at that time, and it's a real issue. And if you don't mound that up, everything just sits in water, and, and you end up losing your whole garden. So when are you going to make your rows was the, <laughs> the best advice. And he actually came over and helped us to do it. He brought his cultivator over, and he made rows for us and helped us save that first garden in the south. So. Sure. Uh What's your favorite tool? If you had to move and could only take one tool with you, it sounds like you've moved a few times. Like, what could you not live without? Yeah, a couple times. Um, we have a small rototiller. It's just kind of like a wheel, I would call it, instead of a rototiller, and it attaches to a weed whacker handle. And it's lightweight, and it's easy to use, and you can use that. To, we use that to work up our soil in the spring before we plant. Nothing like a rear tine rototiller or even oh, a front tine rototiller. Those are hard to use. 
So do you add, like, compost and, like, any kind of amendments to your stuff? To yes, we do. Yeah, we we have a compost pile. We add compost in the spring, and we also add it in the fall when we're getting ready to tear down. We put a little bit in. So, What's your favorite recipe you like to cook or eat from the garden? Well, my favorite is the snow peas. <laughs> Back to the snow peas. And I just take it and um, mix them with a little bit of soy sauce and cook spaghetti noodles, and I call that my snow pea lo mein. I don't know if that's right, but that's the way I like it, and that's what I call it. <laughs> Recipes can always be altered, you know, just because it's a recipe. Although my husband's a baker, but I'm always telling him, like, you know, you can use applesauce for butter, you can use a banana for eggs, you can use... The other day we were out of baking powder, and I found all sorts of things you could use for baking powder online uh but you know it just depends uh yep how about a favorite internet resource where do you find yourself surfing on the web well this is a shameless promotion grow your own food anywhere.com that's my blog <laughs> although house has a h-o-u-z-z has a pretty extensive gardening and greenhouse forum. That that is a good place if you have questions to post your question, and a gardener will answer you. Lots of people will answer you actually. So you kind of have to take take the advice you get and, and weed through it. That was a gardening pun. <laughs> it's so true though. There's so much stuff out there. You always have to. I've seen a lot of things that um, that I'm always like, does that really work? Some things I've tried, some things work better than others. Uh, yep. How about a favorite reading material? Do you have like a book or a magazine you can recommend? Um, actually, the there is a magazine that comes out quarterly if you are a member of the Hobby Greenhouse Association. And it is geared more for the greenhouses, but I find that People have a tendency to either get greenhouses and then go into gardening or have gardening and get into greenhouses to start seedlings and things. So it's a nice companion gardening um, publication. Well, that's a great segue into your business. Tell us about, I'm like, do you have some kind of special plastic that you're using or selling or something? Um, for the garden mulch? Yeah, the no, plastic for the, garden um, for the plastic on the green, like a poly oh, on a greenhouse or something. Yeah. Polycarbonate. Yeah. Polycarbonate, maybe. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, we sell it polycarbonate. It's like looking down the end of a cardboard box when you look at the end of it. It's got a sheet on the outside, a sheet on the inside, and a rib that runs through the center. In a cardboard box, you know, it's got that wavy rib and polycarbonate that it's straight through. It's a rigid um, plastic that's used for greenhouses. You will get, depending on the brand or the warranty on it, you will get a 15 to 20-year lifespan out of it. And um, it's my favorite. It's my my choice for glazing a greenhouse. So You can't see clear through it like you can through a piece of glass because that rib that's in the center breaks up your view. But you do get good light transmission. You don't get hot spots like you can get with glass. Um, it's just a great 
great glazing material for greenhouses with a long lifetime. And what made you start a greenhouse business like, and how's that going? Like, how, tell us about the greenhouses. Well, actually, um, my first greenhouse was one that Tom and I built, my husband, and um, that's been a long time ago. It was way in the 1980s, probably. And um, then we did move, and we built another greenhouse, and we were just building these out of wood and out of plastic that we got at the box stores. And if anybody is thinking about doing that, that's fine, but make sure you get a polyfilm that has UV protection, and the film that you buy at the box stores does not have that UV protection, and it will break down in a year for you. So anyway, we always pretty much had greenhouses around, always had the gardens around, and then this thing called the Internet came along and started researching it and uh, just started selling the greenhouses on there. It's been almost 20 years now. So. And there, are they kits? Can people order them from anywhere? Do you ship are they, them are or are they just local? Oh, yeah, yeah. We ship, no, no, we ship all over the country. Um, to the lower 48, we can ship up into Alaska, but we have to have some arrangements made for that. Unfortunately, we can't get to Hawaii, but, um, we do ship in the lower 48, um, and everything comes as materials. You have to, with the polycarbonate sheets, you have to build your own frame and then you, um, you know, put the materials, the polycarbonate on the material, on the outside to glaze it. Um, the kits, they come with all the framing and the glazing that you need, and then you assemble the kits. So there is a little bit of work involved in it. And, and like, how do people know what's the right kit for them? Well, there's a lot of questions that I ask people, but the first question is, what are you going to use it for? Um, if you're going to try to go tropicals and tomatoes in the winter and you're in the north, you're going to need a better glazing material. Um, if you're in the south and you just want to overwinter some plants and keep the frost off of them, then you don't need as much um, insulation. So I pretty much work hand-in-hand hand with people helping them make that decision on an individual basis. And didn't I see something on your website about growing lemons? Did you write a book about growing lemons? Um, no, I did a blog post on growing lemons. Um, actually, and I do have another project in the works, but it's too soon to talk about it. <laughs> so, um, but growing lemons will be addressed in that book. So um, just look for a future project from me um, on the book scene. There will be another one coming up. Okay. Well, we're already at my final question. This could be the fastest interview I've ever done, Tammy. Uh, if there's one change you'd like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity or organization you're passionate about or a project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Well, I think that this isn't really a charity, but it's our greatest resource, and I think we need to start with our children. I think we need to teach them where their food comes from, how to grow their own food, 
Um, you know, I think a lot of people learned during the pandemic that the grocery store is not where food necessarily comes from. You can't always count on it to be there when you need it. And I think if we teach the children at a young age that uh, they can grow their own food, they can be in charge of what they put in their body, I think that is really where we need to start with our education and work forward with that. So. All right. Well, I'm an elementary educator by trade, and I certainly agree with all of that. <laughs> well, Tammy. Yeah, they just don't know. They think they, they think they walk into the grocery store, pick it up off the shelf, and that's where it started and ended, and it's just not true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know, at least we, we are building a robust farm-to-school movement and, and school garden movement in our country, certainly. Yeah. You know, we have lots of work to do, but it, it's good to see. And so, uh, yeah, for sure. It's, you know, I mean, there's so many lessons you can teach kids in a school garden and just ways to teach them math and reading and writing and science and connecting yep. with nature. And, and they love to be outside and they're so much more likely to try food if they grow it themselves. And yeah. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So, and then I always like to mention that a lot of my guests say they started in the garden. I mean, certainly I'm one of them at, with their parents and didn't want to have anything to do with it, but it was their grandparents or their parents' love of and passion that when they grew older, you know, that excited them. So if your kids are resisting, if your teens don't want to have anything to do with it, just you know, keep sharing your love of it and you might be surprised how many of them end up joining you later on. Yep. And, and they may, it may take them until they're adults to realize it, but yes, they will catch on. <laughs> so Tammy, tell listeners, how do they connect with you? Where do they get your greenhouses? Where's, where do they get your book and your blog and whatnot? Well, the book is on Amazon, and if you search for author Tammy Wiley, you'll find that. You'll find both my books, uh, The uh, Raised Bed Gardening for Beginners and The uh, Polycarbonate, How to Install Polycarbonate Sheets Like a Pro Kindle Book. You will find both of those on Amazon. You can find our website at advancedgreenhouses.com. That's A-D-V-A-N-C-E, no D. A lot of people like to put a D there greenhousesplural.com and the blog is you can reach the blog off the advanced greenhouses website or you can go to growyourownfoodanywhere.com and find it we're also on pinterest on uh, facebook and twitter and uh, instagram at grow your own food or what's your handle it will be advanced greenhouses and that's A D V A N C E, no D. All right. A D V A N C E G R E E N H O U S E S. Correct. At Advanced Greenhouses. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tammy, for joining us today and sharing everything. And we wish you the best and have a great day. Okay, thank you, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. Hey, listeners. Are you wondering how you can grow your own healthy and nutritious food with confidence? Have you been frustrated as a gardener? Does the thought of weeding make your back ache? 
Have you tried to grow a garden before and found you can't even keep a plant alive? Does the cost of organic produce in the store make you cringe, but the thought of bugs in your garden make your skin crawl? Well, we have the answer for you. Freegardencourse.com. It is so easy. You enter your email. You will watch a video right there. You can get my Organic Oasis checklist, our Essential Tools checklist. It all shows up right on the thank you page. Freegardencourse.com. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and remember, grow local.